Time once again, ma'am, fam, for a movie news, rumors, rumblings roundup. It's one of my favorite things we do here. When we last left you, the writers were going on strike. And update on that, they're still on strike. And now we have SAG slash AFTRA threatening to go on strike. So that's where we are there. Still kind of holding out in terms of that. But we got a lot of other stuff to talk about in the movie news world. So welcome in. I'm Kent, joined by co-hosts Richard and Brian. Boys, how's the summer going? It's hot, man. It's hot. We live in Texas. That was a mistake. It's so it's humid in, in Dallas yeah. lately. It's it's never yeah. hu- like very humid here. But this year, it's been I mean, rough. the most humidity. Yeah, I blame Biden personally, but mm-hmm. um, no, it's it's like it's uh it's good. It's been a good. I've had a pretty good summer. I'm leaving uh, in a day or two for for a cooler area for Colorado. Mm. I'm very excited about about that about summer vacation. But uh, yeah, look, things are good. It's we have great AC. That's nice. It's good to have air conditioning here in the great mm-hmm. state of Texas. And I've enjoyed the movie summers. It's I don't think that that uh, I don't think Hollywood has enjoyed this summer very much. But I. But generally speaking, I've enjoyed the movies. So it's I think fun. they're about to get in a slightly better mood. Yeah. I think July is going to be nice. Yeah. Feels like yeah. we had some some holdouts for July. Feels like most of the big movies are usually out by now. Mm. But studios are feeling more and more comfortable pushing this stuff into late summer, August, it seems. And that's fine, too. Yeah. Let's spread the wealth a little bit. Sure. Yeah. Remember back in the old like model days? Yeah. When Ju- May and June were just murderers row of stuff. I mean, even, even pre-pandemic, weekend, it was like kind of taper. end yeah. of March pre-pandemic, they were yeah. pushing out summer movies. Right. And now they've they've seemed to have kind of, okay, let's get these later yeah. into the summer. I don't need the air conditioning movie. in March, like the, the air, right. movie theater air conditioning. I need it now. Exactly. Oh, well, it's been a, what a time. really interesting year. If you've been following us all year, you might have caught our movie draft episode, mm. summer movie draft episode that we did. We're splitting it in two this year. We're doing summer and then all the rest, Oscar-y type movies, fall, horror, all that kind of stuff that's coming out post-summer. Brian has tabulated the algorithm that he created to come out <laughs> with an update. I guess, Brian, uh, yeah. run us down what sure. we got. Sure. So uh, if you're new to this, just real fast. I don't know how many years we've been doing this. Cause it's a little muddy because of COVID. We did a great movie draft in 2020, and then we just... I just walked outside and set it on fire um, when when everything when everything went to hell. Uh, the way this works, the three of us we draft movies. I believe we we drafted eleven, knowing that we will drop one. So we'll take our best ten at the end of all of this. Um, we drafted ten, eleven movies each. We get points for how well they do at the box office, how well they do on Rotten Tomatoes, and how well they do with Letterbox users. Uh, and it, it comes out to uh, to a total point accumulation at the end of this, uh, and we declare a winner. And the important part of this is not that you win, it's that you don't lose, because the loser has to do a solo episode reviewing a movie of the winner's choice. So this past year, the 2022 movie draft, um, Kent, unfortunately for Kent, fortunately for the rest of us, 
uh, lost the movie draft. Richard won. And Richard, what did you pick for Kent to have to review? Uh, I think the second Fifty Shades movie, right? <laughs> sure. Was that is that right, Kent? Or, or it was, was the, the third. third? Oh, it, it was, was the third. third Fifty okay. Shades. All right. But um, I did watch the other two in preparation for research. You gotta, you, yeah, yeah, you gotta, mm-hmm. you gotta know. Right. I mean, you can't just go in blind, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of world building one. that goes on in the first one. Uh, so, yeah. Okay, so Kent had to review Fifty Shades. Freed maybe, uh, which which was a fun episode for everyone except for Kent. So it's very important that you don't lose this thing, um, and that's that's the way our friendships work, right? Like we're, our relationship works based on uh, threats and bullying. And have you guys listened uh, to that episode yet? I did. It was a good time. Yeah, the only listen, only episode I've listened to uh, all yeah. year. Uh, yeah, I was, I heard it was shockingly relaxing. That's what I heard. <laughs> Is it on the main feed? No, it's on. It's in the VIP. It's in the VIP. That's why. Yeah, it's, in the, it's in the VIP. I'm not a VIP. Thirty minute episode, <laughs> talking nothing but Fifty Shades Freed. Check it out. <laughs> I'll fire that up this week. It's good. It's good. All right. So here's what we have uh, this year. I'm going to go participant by participant, and I'm going to start with Kent, the loser last year. Mm. I believe the loser the last time we we did this, whenever that was, 2019 maybe. Uh, yeah. Richard, Probably. he's looking pretty good. He's looking pretty good. I, I'm not willing quite yet to declare him the winner, but he's moving in that direction. Mm. Kent's movies are Super Mario Brothers, which is at the time of this recording, I believe is the number one movie of the year. Not just box office-wise, but in this game due to its insane amount of money that it has made. It has overcome mediocre Rotten Tomatoes reviews and okay Letterboxd reviews. I don't want to brag on myself but i think uh-huh. i got that in like the sixth or seventh round so i think that <laughs> might be the steal of the draft you, you did not get which, it in the first round which was a surprise because i remember when uh, we did this draft it was like the day that the yeah, first rotten say, tomato we, scores came out yeah and we, we were right nervous came out yeah yeah you got it at great value it, it like might have been round. the first overall pick had we not known the rotten yes, tomato score. i imagine yeah. it probably would have yeah uh, yeah. Super Mario. I'm not going to give you the point totals for every movie, but I will say Super Mario Brothers has brought in 655 points so far. Kent also has Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, The Little Mermaid, Elemental, uh, which did pretty well in this game. Uh, not as good as obviously Disney Pixar wanted to do box office wise, but it, it's still not right here. Come out with like 127 points. Kent, you got that in the second round, it's, by the way. It's still out. My. Uh... My niece's yeah. nephew saw it today. So yeah, maybe it still got something. We're gonna you're gonna get a few more points from it too. Uh, Asteroid City, Evil Dead Rise, Evil Dead Rise mm-hmm. is a sneaky good pick. Um, Air, the last three picks not so great for you. The Blackening, Big George Foreman, and Talk to Me, and then oh, the, you I, have one I movie. Picked Big George yeah. Foreman, I think I did. I think yeah. that was a joke. I don't think that was a movie I picked. <laughs> well, I think he might have. We'll, written we'll go back and put accident. it through the committee and see uh, see what they say about that. One of those I have, movies. I do will not get have dropped. Big George Foreman. I have yeah. Renfield as his last pick. Okay. All right. We'll go back and all. I did have Renfield. We'll I don't remember. Okay. I had the Black King. I had Renfield. Not worth I, much. You had Indy Four first, and then okay. you had Mario. And I did have too. Air. Yes, I remember that. Let's yep. See. You got Air Let's in the it. sixth round. Well, I'll, I'll I'll correct this when we get off the air, but I will say Big George Foreman's uh, worth two points, and Renfield. Renfield is worth nine, so you're going to gain seven points at the end there of all this. I, I picked Renfield so well. fully expecting it would be the drop, so yeah. okay. I think that... So you still have you still have this little horror movie, Talk to Me, uh, which... Oh, I forgot could, about that. Could be a yeah. thing, we'll see. And then he can't also has Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. Oh, I forgot about that, I do expect too. to be a player. 
So okay. right okay. now, Kent's total sits at about 1357. I guess it'll be 1364 when I correct for Renfield. So he's he's nice. ahead of the pack. Richard and I are currently separated by about 50 points. Oh, so here's man, what we got. this is heated. Here's what we've got. Richard, you have Guardians of the Galaxy 3, uh, which is, a, I think, the third highest grossing movie of the year for this, this game, 609 points. You have Fast X with 219 points. The Boogeyman, No Hard Feelings, Insidious Chapter 5, which won the weekend but got really poor reviews, so it's it's kind of middling. Yeah. Uh, the Pope's Exorcist, Book Club 2, The Next Adventure, The New Adventure. I'm not Already I'm not on really Peacock, sure. I think, yeah. Yeah, it's there. Yeah. And then Joyride, which also my wife really liked this, this weekend, but uh, did not do super well at the box office. But you do still have Strays, which has like a late August release now, I think, on that one. Mm-hmm. And then you've got, you've got the Oppenheimer Barbie uh, yeah. double feature. That yeah. will come out in a weekend or two, week here. And uh, so we'll see. We'll see how that goes. You're sitting at a total of 948 points right now, just this moment. My list, and I'm nervous, looks like this. I have Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, 611 points, doing quite well there. Yeah. And then I've got Transformers, Rise of the Beast, The Flash. Mm. Bo is afraid, real, real whiff there. Uh the Ruby Gilman teenage Kraken movie that also pretty pretty big oh, yeah. whiff, and then I've got a bunch of movies that are still sitting out there, and I don't feel great about any of them except for Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning, which comes out yeah. this week. We'll see what I do there. It's getting great reviews, but I think it's only tracking at like sixty or seventy million. We'll see how that goes overseas, especially. Yeah. I also have Meg Two: The Trench, The Haunted mm-hmm. Mansion, which I kind of feel like might be DOA the way the summer has gone. Uh, Blue Beetle, Gran Turismo, and White Bird: A Wonder Story. Which the weirdest a, thing about the Haunted Mansion choice for me yeah. is, <laughs> I love Lakeith Stanfield. He's one of my top ten favorite actors. Uh-huh. But like, kids want to see Mr. Beast. You know, <laughs> like, they don't <laughs> they don't care about about acting chops and like <laughs> stuff like that. I mean that that movie sh- should have been cast with. Jojo Siwa and Mr. Beast <laughs> go to the Honda Mansion. They tried. They couldn't get them uh, on on the budget. So it's a, yeah, we'll see. Honda Mansion, you know. Dude perfect goes to the Honda Mansion. <laughs> now Cooper, Easy 100 million really, opening yeah, weekend. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, yeah, he and Rosario Dawson. Uh, yeah, it's good. They got great actors for it, but you're right. There's, I'm not now, sure. Why are, they, yeah, why are they targeting us, though, and not the kids? The, like, my, if my kid didn't want to see it, I'm not yeah. going to take them, even if yeah. it appeals to adults, right? Right. Right. So I'm sitting at 895, Richard. I'm I'm about 50 points behind you. Um, and we'll we'll see. I mean, it's not totally out of the realm that either of us could catch Kent, but I I think Kent it feels likely that Kent it's is not going to lose at the very least on this this year. So I'm not well, gonna say congratulations yet, Kent. I don't wanna break I don't wanna jinx you, or maybe I do, or maybe reverse jinx you, but uh, it looks like your streak may be coming to an end here. So as of right now, Rich uh, Brian and feel free if it's me, say it. What's the worst pick in the draft? Um, of our group, let's the see. The highest seeding and, and like the worst sure. return. Does that make sense? Um, yeah, that's a good question. Let's probably like I don't air, have an honestly. exact order it's of probably what my we air pick. Them in. No, no, you a, no air only made a good fifty pick. million dollars. 
yeah, but it's it did really well and yeah. it made ninety million. Yeah. Air made ninety million, so it's. Oh, done, I'm looking at domestic. Well. My bad. Yeah, Asteroid City maybe for you can't because yeah, that was probably your fifth or sixth round pick. No, he got it. I'm counting. I've got it all here. He got okay. it in the seventh round. Okay, that's not bad. Yeah, I mean, I need I, to convince myself that no matter how good and pardon me, eighth round, great yeah. and viral okay. Wes Anderson is, his movies just don't make a lot of money. I mean. Yeah. We can convince ourselves that, oh, everyone's going right. to go see it, and it just never right. happens. Yeah. Yeah, like, we, we, I think we all have a couple of, of I mean, The Blackening, uh, Renfield, both of those, I mean, those are later picks, obviously, but they're kind of misses. Uh, I've got Bo is Afraid. I don't know. I think I picked that maybe in the sixth. That was a disaster. That's probably the worst you pick got of the draft. that ninth round. Oh, okay. So even still, that was it's only worth it. Uh, five points. Joyrides four points. Book club two seven points. You know, so yeah, book club. Um, but these are we 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 all have a couple of misses. Joyride might be the worst pick because I got that in the fifth round. Okay, yeah, could be. That's sure. pretty high up. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I got that at the next pick after Oppenheimer. <laughs> so. <laughs> Yeah, we've all got a few misses. That's what that is the what I like about this game though. With ten choices, the VIPs when they do it, they only get to do eight because I have them in groups of four instead of groups of three. But uh, you know, you can take a couple of chances as long as you get something. Something as if you have a strong pick at the top, you're probably you're at least not going to immediately be sunk. Um, but uh, yeah, we each had, we each had a couple of bad picks somewhere in there. The I remember Lightyear being a disappointing pick. I believe mm-hmm. well, in last yeah. year's draft. Yeah, yeah. It, it felt like with Elemental, okay, here's a return to form for Pixar, at least, doing an Inside Out-esque story. Maybe this will be mm. what, what people wanted, not Lightyear, right? Turns out they just didn't want either, apparently. <laughs> and that's a very big concern for our friends over at Pixar. Feels like they might be getting pushed aside by the uh, by the mouse with every... Uh, you know, Moana release, and that's a success. And every Pixar release, it's not a success. Yeah, Hope for the best is, for them. This was something we talked about a bit in the Discord recently. I guess it's when Elemental came in. Number one, I don't, not that The Flash was like some sort of box office stalwart because it did very poorly, but opening same weekend as, a, as The Flash felt like a, a poor choice. It definitely feels like Disney doesn't know what to do with Pixar movies. They're the ones that got jerked around the most during COVID. You know, there was like kind of no rhyme or reason. It felt like for Luca just being a straight to digital release when um, Raya and the Last Dragon got a theater run and uh, Soul. Yeah. yeah, Soul at least it was like the end of 2020. What are you going to do? We're trying Mm -hmm. to get this movie out and we got a Disney, you know, has all the, has so many properties. They can't just let things sit. They got to get stuff out. So, I mean, at least there's a little bit of that, but yeah, it was kind of back and forth and, uh, turning red with straight digital. I, I, you can see why like the Pixar Disney relationship is super strained right now. And the kind of bummer of it is, is like, I think I looked, I'll have to, I don't know. I think with the exception of Lightyear, I think four of the last five movies that they've done are original films. They're not sequels. They're not, Cars four or or whatever else. It's just that the public is not is not super interested in what they're doing. I think that something that needs to happen there, and I don't know, one of you guys, I don't know if you have any thoughts on this either of you, but like I think that there's some staleness in the Pixar brand where when you have movies like Across the Spider Verse, 
um, and and Puss in Boots that are doing like really really interesting things with animation and look completely different than anything we've seen before and like exciting and new and then pretty much every Pixar movie right now it's it looks beautiful but it's it's what we expect it's the you know it's kind of the exact same animation for almost every movie at least to untrained eyes like mine you know right and I, I think that there just probably needs to be some fresh voices in that room now you know they they laid off a lot of people uh, a few weeks ago and I, I don't think that went over well because it was a lot of the people that went got got uh, laid off you know were very important to that branch of the company and whatnot but I understand the concept at least of like hey we got to get some new people in here because we're kind of y'all are falling behind a little bit um and that's not just Pixar's fault. Disney animation's in the same boat. Uh, mm-hmm. But there's, I don't know, there's, I imagine those things, I think that that's probably cyclical and it comes back around at some point, but I, I can see why Iger and the rest of Disney are like, we got to get something going here because this is kind of our flagship thing is is the animation side of stuff and we're really behind. Yeah, maybe step away from the 3D and do something a little bit different and see how that goes. And- mm-hmm. Because I think the storytelling is usually there, but yeah, maybe it's just the visual element that doesn't draw people in nearly as much as it used to with Pixar. For sure. That'll be one to watch for sure. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about the second half of the year, fellas, because we do have a draft coming up for that after this one wraps up. After all the movies are out, the scores have been tabulated. We'll we'll declare a winner later in the summer. Mm -hmm. But 2024 Best Picture Odds as of right now, we've got at the top of the list. Can you guess? Killers of the Flower Moon. That's mm. my guess. Richard? N- Napoleon? Killers of the Flower Moon is the top with plus okay. 250. Right behind that, we have Oppenheimer plus 500. Mm. Past Lives plus 600. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Blitz, the Steve McQueen Blitzkrieg uh, oh, yeah. movie that's coming, apparently, uh, plus 1,000. Maestro, Richard. I was going to say, dang it, Maestro would be my pick. Yeah, that's, I think, going to win everything, putting it on the call. Uh, Which one is that? I'm sorry. Is that the Bradley Cooper, Leonard Bernstein? Leonard Bernstein movie. Yeah. Lee, which is, I think, the Ted Danson, Robert E. Lee movie from Curb Your Enthusiasm that they're making into (laughs) a real thing. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, It is based on the lives of Lee Miller. Okay. It's got Kate Winslet, Marion Cotillard, Skarsgård. So that seems to be some Oscar bait right there. The Color Purple, a new version of that. I thought that was a TV series, but I guess it's a movie. Yeah. Anatomy of a Fall at plus 1100. I don't know what that is. Assume we all have a trailer soon. Dune Part 2 at plus 1200. Have we gotten a trailer for that yet or any kind of tease? I don't yeah, think so. Yeah, there's a trailer out for Dune. Yeah. For Dune 2? Yeah. Yeah. There's Ooh. something out there. Yeah. I need to look at that I've stopped then, seeking out trailers unless they're unless our friend Tanner makes them but if like in theaters then obviously I'll, okay whatever I'm not I'm not trying to avoid them in theaters but yeah there's a Dune trailer out there congrats to yeah friend Tanner yeah VIP Discord awesome for winning a uh, golden trailer award by the way yeah so Man shout out takeover let's go you know we're just yeah taking over the biz here and Asteroid City at plus 1400 is the nice. last one on the list. Napoleon nowhere in sight, Richard, which leads me to the trailer reaction for Napoleon. Apples, Napoleon, Ridley Scott. We've got Joaquin Phoenix 
as Napoleon Bonaparte. Richard, what was your reaction? Really good trailer. Um, I thought looks very opulent and all the things you could want. I, I liked, I know some people didn't, but I liked the color palette and everything about it. And uh, obviously I'm partial to a great Radiohead cover, music cue, needle drop there. So that worked for me. I thought it was cool. The, the crazy violent with the ice battle in Russia mm. towards the end of the trailer is, looks very Ridley-ish and creepy and cool. So I think it'll be, I don't know. I think I'll enjoy it. Rid- Ridley's do. He makes, you know, bad movies and then he'll make one where you go, oh yeah, he's great. So he's, we thought that might be like the last duel, but it mm-hmm. wasn't. So maybe it'll be this. What about you guys? Yeah. Uh, I thought it was awesome. I mean, Joaquin seems like perfect casting there. I saw some complaints that he doesn't have a French accent, but I prefer him not to try a French accent if <laughs> he doesn't well, have If to. you're going to do a French accent, then you should speak French. Like, that's right. just as, you know what I mean? Like, right, exactly. He's not French, so it'll, it would be disingenuous for him to attempt that. Yeah, Ridley seems to kind of have a fastball every five pitches. <laughs> you know, and maybe this is that one. Uh, the last duel was was pretty disappointing. I love the Martian though, you know, and sure. he seems like he still kind of knows what to do if it's the right story and the right material. So, so maybe this is it. Napoleon's obviously a project that's you know tried to come to the big screen multiple times. It's it's such an undertaking to be historically accurate. Kubrick always wanted to have these thousands and thousands of extras, and it was just. It never became something that he could get done at the end of the day. Uh, Spielberg's doing his version on HBO, I think, next year as mm-hmm. a miniseries. But this, I mean, uh, like I said. That's he, the Kubrick one. Like that one's based on yeah, the Yeah, that Kubrick one project. is the Kubrick material that Spielberg's now taking over, a la kind of AI, what he did with that and, yeah. and finishing it. But this, I mean, like I said, Joaquin is is perfect. Unless Spielberg something has some has Matthew Reese up his sleeve or something, <laughs> which he might. Yeah. This is uh, perfect casting, in my opinion. And I don't I, I don't know if you've seen Bo's Afraid, Brian, but I said that you know that performance from him is is one of, if not my favorite, male performances of the year. So for best actor, like you know, mm. double it up, Joaquin, go for it. <laughs> So, I don't want to. Yeah, like I don't want to get too deep into to uh, Joker Twitter, but it it's gonna drive me crazy probably for the rest of my life that he won an Oscar for Joker and not for like a dozen other things. You know, on the poster where it says crazy. Academy Award winner on his, it should be required to say Academy Award winner for Joker, <laughs> so people know it's like that was the one that we're talking about here. <laughs> not all of those other great performances right. you've seen from right. him. It's just, it's, it's, uh, just every once in a while, somebody still will be like, I can't believe Scorsese finally won his Oscar and it's for The Departed. This is my Scorsese The Departed. I just, I can't, I, I can't believe. It. Yeah. Great trailer. He look, I mean, I'm sure it'll be excellent. You're right, Richard. Ridley's due. It's been, some people really like Lost Duel, Last Duel. I, 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 I think I hate that movie more now than, than yeah, I did previously. I, all I can see is, is uh Damon's stupid haircut and I, I just And that's like the last thing haircut. yeah, yeah. It's like the lasting image uh of this movie for me and and uh Jared Leto ruined whatever I could have gotten out of House of Gucci, I think. So yeah, he's he's kinda of it's been yeah, twenty twenty fifteen right. was the last yeah. Ridley movie that I was like, Yeah, I'm I'm fully totally in on this. Even Martian, Alien Covenant right? was yeah, Martian. 
Alien Covenant was 17, I think, and that was like American Gangster good before that was the one I yeah. loved. And don't forget though, he did that awful one with Cameron Diaz right before The Martian too. Yeah, so the like, he can yeah. come back. Is my right. point, you know, for sure. Yeah. Awful. yeah, awful in what way? <laughs> um, yeah, no, no good no, trailer. I'm, I'm interested. It wasn't long enough, <laughs> as it were. So to so speak. speak. Yeah. The yeah, it's a good trailer, man. I don't know if if the any of the VIPs caught our our Pirates of the Caribbean episode last week but one of my biggest takeaways we need more cannons in movies this has a freaking ton of cannons and i'm gonna bring you some cannons. <laughs> give me some yeah. freaking yeah. cannonballs flying at people i mean I think there uh, was more cannons like they or spent camera 500 million dollars on this movie yeah. i mean apple it looks i haven't so, seen a budget yeah. out there but it looks like a i've never seen that many I don't know, costumes even i don't know how much of this is cg but i imagine a lot of it was in camera on set in sure. the locations yeah Man, this is a, it's going to be interesting to see how this goes if it gets theatrical or mm-hmm. how Apple goes about this. And they've got Killers of the Flower Moon as well. Apple does, and they had the best picture win in Coda. So seems like they're making some right moves when it comes to strategizing these big these big movies. And who would have thought? You know, hiring Ridley Scott, and Martin Scorsese would be a good idea. I mean, who could have? Yeah. Yeah. So. We My only see. issue is I don't know if you guys knew this or not, but Napoleon was a terrible person. So I, I oh think really? That, uh, yeah, I only watch movies about good people, so yeah, that stinks. Yeah, okay, that's, I'm that's, out. Uh, I'm not sure I can watch this one. Unfortunately, if you guys ever go to the Louvre, they have Napoleon's like house there, not house, but like they've recreated, like they've taken all, they took all his furniture and they just put it in there. He's had horrible taste. <laughs> just saying, <laughs> it's like wow, how wow. can you sleep in this room? <laughs> <laughs> the best thing about the trailer for me was that it reminded people of Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. So I've I enjoyed the Napoleon memes that were making the rounds yesterday. With the, I liked that. Okay, Bill and Ted's. Yeah, I'm there. One more trailer we need to talk about that dropped today. It's making all the rounds on the threads and the twitters. Mm-hmm. Timothy Chalamet is Wonka. I don't mm-hmm. know what that is. I only know Hugh Grant is a new Palooza. <laughs> Is that the Hugh Grant is an Oompa Loompa movie? Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. It's actually called Oompa Loompa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That would be great. <laughs> uh, love the trailer. I could say I love the trailer. I love the kind of Christmas vibe that they put on it, that kind of Harry Potter-ish mm-hmm. Christmas vibe with that world. Chalamet seems like he's trying. It's a little forced on the like Gene Wilder-ish part of it, but that's a hard character to play between. I mean, at least he's not doing Michael Jackson uh, like Depp did. Uh, but everything else about it, I'm in on. I just, I, that performance in the trailer seemed a little like contrived. I could see the work, as they say, in acting, mm-hmm. which he's too good of an actor on that and other things to like see the work. But I don't know. It might have just been, you know, trailer editing or whatever. But everything sure. else, I love the world. It seems fun and like, a you know, all the little side characters and all of that. And yeah, Hugh Grant's a Doompa Loompa, so I'm in. <laughs> I had the exact Obviously. same thought. I was like, uh, this seems... This was not something that I was dying to uh, to to see this year, you know. It's like I, okay, I could have lived without a Wonka yeah. origin story, but right. I really dug the concept and the plus is the Paddington guy, so you like you, yeah, you trust him, yeah, totally, totally. But I had the same thought. I was like, I, I mean, hopefully it's just sometimes trailers are misleading. Uh, there's obviously a lot of time to iron this thing out between now and and December, but I I, I was like. 
I was kind of nervous for Chalamet. That's a that's a really tough thing to do. Gene Wilder, obviously one yeah. of the all time greats, and I I kind of feel like if I was his agent, I'd have been like, hey, bud, maybe we pass on this one. Like, yeah. I don't know. I think that might I know. Be really I can't tough believe you. It honestly, the the poster looks like a bit, doesn't it? Tim- yeah. Timothy Chalamet is Wonka. Like that, yeah, I still want to read like the, uh, a Thirty Rock. Yeah, it could, it's exactly what I thought. I was like, this could be a twenty twenty three Thirty Rock kind of kind yeah. of deal. So. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm I just obviously wish we got the I Simon think, Rich one too. Yeah, wish we totally. could have two Wonkas this year, like yeah. they always do with the Nogio. Yeah. <laughs> instead of yeah, yeah. Wow. it was a interesting. I don't know, cool world though. I really dug the the Christmas vibe. Yeah. Same exact thing, Rich. I just I did not expect Chalamet was going to be the part that I was nervous about. Yeah, same. To. So we'll see. I'm kind of the opposite. I thought it was Willy Wonka is one of my favorite. Uh, same. I guess Charlie and the Chocolate Factory is one of my favorite yeah. movies. Something I love about that one is how colorful it was. Wait, hold on. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory is one of your crazy? The Depp Burton one? Yes. No. Oh, wow. No, Willy Wonka I... and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, okay. Based Got on it. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. No, but... yeah, I know the book. I just thought, I thought you were saying the, the Tim Burton one. You're right. Barely. The original That's one is a... Willy Wonka. That That's one is one of my favorites take. Yeah. of all time and mm-hmm. super colorful. Oh, me too. So I don't understand sure. the gray color color palette this isn't harry potter hopefully it gets really colorful yeah, later in the movie maybe that's just like him and in, in his at his house and you know he had to start yeah well remember the world rough. around the chocolate factory isn't colorful right, right? it's really drab sure. and all that yeah. even in that one and then when you get into the factory he brings the colors so i think right. maybe that was intentional there i don't know though hopefully yeah maybe it's because the first one is just shot in the daytime the entire time and i love that yeah. so maybe just give us some some daylight um it looked it. It felt like Oz the Great and Powerful, and I, so you. I can't get that out of my mind. I'm out. Whoa, Hugh Grant would never do that. <laughs> In the sense that let's let's reboot a, a character no one needs an origin story on, and hope this turns. There's into There's no way. I will go ahead and say it won't be that bad. Oh, and there's no chance because it has Chalamet in the lead. It's going to live yeah. and die by Chalamet. I think as a movie, I think if that works, if he just crushes it. I think this is going to be obviously a big success, but if he doesn't, I can see it being a disappointment. So I think the music's going to be there. I think the direction's going to be there. And so we'll see if, if Chalamet can knock it out of the park. I'm kind of with you, Richard. It, it seemed a little forced, but hey, it's a trailer. And maybe yeah. we haven't seen him as Willy Wonka yet. So maybe when we're right. in it for an hour, we believe it a little bit more. We shall see. All right, one more thing we need to do here before we get out of here. We're going to do a little special weekly recommends this week, and we're going to do a summer recommend. So two from each of us with a theme of summer. So let's do that. Weekly recommends. All right, Richard, what's your first summer recommend? Man, summer recommend for, I don't know, I'm trying to think of how to theme this for summer, but... Something that Every reminds summer. you of summer feels like summer. Yeah. You know, all that. Kind Every of stuff. summer, Brian knows this. Um, my like favorite, I've recommended these before, but like my favorite cheesy thriller books come out. Mm. Um, I, like, Daniel, I thought you were going to uh, say cheesy crackers. Be like, just lo- love these crackers <laughs> in the summer. It's cheese it. So the Gabriel Alon series, there's like 22 of them now by Daniel Silva. Just great espionage, European espionage novels. And The Collector, the 22nd one, I think, comes out in like three days, or next Tuesday. Nice. And so it's in every July these come out, and it's all for two days I just kind of hang out and 
go to like Vienna in my brain and you know kill terrorists and stuff like that so that is always a summer tradition now um, not for 22 summers but for the last four or five summers after I caught up on all the, on the back catalog I've been reading those every summer and uh, so that's my first The Collector by Daniel Silva out next week very nice I, I just finished the second book in this series that yeah, he's catching up slowly but surely you, 20 to go man you'll be fine <laughs> yeah yeah, it's fun. It's really this is not the kind of book that I typically read, and Me really, either. it's not the kind that Richard usually reads either. Um, but it, I've recommended it to uh, this series to other people since, and I've said the exact same. Like, hey, it's not usually what I kind of what I read really, but I am really digging this, and this this character is incredible. And just uh, make it a Netflix show. It's yeah, not you're that totally rage, right. Really. It's it's kind of <laughs> mind boggling that this hasn't become. An incredibly successful Netflix show because it's just it's just very ripe for the picking. So that's my first. We'll go. Right, we'll sweet. go round robin. Great. All right, Brian, what you got? I'm trying to think of some stuff that we haven't that I haven't recommended here on the show previously, or that we haven't reviewed, and that's a little hard because I love summer movie season. You know, I love. Yeah. I love Guardians. I love Spider Verse and Indiana Jones and. Uh, and all of these movies that we are getting during uh, this time of year, uh, but I feel like I got to have some kind of uh, movie in here, and then I'll I'm gonna try to to pare it down for and, and do something different for the second recommend. I'm gonna go with Extraction Two, which is on uh, Oh yeah on the old Netflix. I um, wonder if you'd seen that. I haven't. Super fun. Hemsworth's great. I I'm missing a little something that I had to watch it in my house instead of on a screen because. There's like a 20 minute action sequence that obviously is like made to look like it. There's no cuts and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And I have the attention span of a tiny child, and so I, I had to take a break in the middle of the. Well, it's one just like shot. I never. I don't focus. I just don't focus well in my house and um, on on the screen. So like if I had seen it in a movie theater, I I think I would have enjoyed it even more. But even still, I thought it was really impressive and. Uh, and a very solid action movie. We're talking action movies in the VIP this week with uh, with our throwback. Uh, and I think this this was a movie that would have made uh, Bullet proud. It's it's super actiony and fun, and the prison breakout sequence is unbelievably cool. And uh, Hemsworth great, in it. and they could do twenty of these. You know, they could the just pump these of, out forever. Yeah, the bit of him being essentially Liam Neeson and Taken, where you just got to go uh-huh. get someone yeah. out of somewhere, is a great yeah. bit. Yeah. But he's got this military precision to it. Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah, it's yeah. It, that's Repeat a great comp. He's not he, look. He's not as good at the. He's not as good at the bit as Neeson is because no one is. Neeson's the goat of this of this kind of this trope. He's a more cinema. No, that's not right. He's the the chore, the fight choreography. Yeah, the fight choreography in 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 these movies is better. Yeah, than, he can do actual martial arts. Like I don't yeah, think he's, Liam Neeson. He's just a monster. Yeah, doing a ton yeah. of his own. Yeah, you forget high how, kicks. I, I always think of Hemsworth as like perpetu- as like he's like twenty five, and that's not true. He's old. Like he's yeah. actually like he's in his what is he, he's mid forties, right? Like he's an older dude because he broke kind of late. But uh, anyway, yeah, Extraction Two is a lot of Extraction is yeah. really good. Jeremy Renner's fifty two, by the way. Yeah, wow. He looks it though a little bit. He kind of looks it. He let this that that rock band lifestyle, you know. Um, that that really. Uh, if you want the ultimate, got to be willing to pay the ultimate price, bro. Put a few put a few wrinkles on the face. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, extraction two. Those are snowplow lines, bro. Those aren't wrinkles. That's true. God, 
Wow. All right. Um, Extraction 2 is a good one. I still haven't watched that, but it's on the list of 2023 movies that I got to get gotta get in on before the uh, final re- list is revealed at the end of the year. Man, I went back and watched this movie. It feels like I try to watch it every summer. Sometimes I miss it. It wasn't a big part of the wife's life growing up, but it's a huge part of mine. I rewatched it this year, and it's just as good, if not better, than it's ever been. 30 Years of the Sandlot, boys. Yeah, let's go. Yeah. Perfect movie. Watched it on the 4th. With just the- as good, just as funny as ever. Impeccably directed. Great, you know, extremely well written. Every kid actor is good in it. There's not one annoying kid in the entire movie, which... Rarely you can say with a movie that stars all kids, especially. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, great, you know, father-son kind of baseball story at the heart of it. So mm-hmm. it's got the funny stuff, the action, but also, you know, it uh, hits a home run in the heart department. So The Sandlot, if you never grew up on it, watch it. You'll like it as an adult, but I'm sure your kids will love it too. But it's a great movie. I don't have kids, and I think it, it holds up a lot better than a lot of movies that were made for kids around that time. You know, mm-hmm. I, I watched Mighty Ducks uh, in the past month as well. Uh, and it does not hold up as great as The Sandlot. So I will say The Sandlot has stood the test of time for sure. But I love The Mighty Ducks. Not to say I don't love it. Just not as, <laughs> it's not a masterpiece. All right. Sandlot sure. is my sure. first summer recommend. Hottest take. Not a Sandlot fan. Wow. Didn't like it as a kid, don't wow. like it as an adult. And for exactly the opposite, you guys are probably right, by the way, I'm wrong, but like I find every single kid in that movie annoying. And I hated them when I was a kid and I hate them now. Man. So not I think even, it's, I think it's with American, how it's written, you know? where Gosh. not any one of them it's, is on screen too long. Yeah. No, you're right. Mathematically you're right. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying in my heart, I'm 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 right, you know? It's got that Spielbergy twinkly stuff to it too. I just I can't believe how good. Patrick, Little Big League Patrick was Renna was, yeah. Patrick Renna in Little Big League is, uh, I mean, in uh, the Big Green as well is great. But Patrick Renna was such a <laughs> ham. I mean, how do they find that kid? Right? He just makes the movie, and uh, you know, Benny. There needs to be a documentary about Benny the Jet because he just like retired into normal life, and it doesn't do any uh, of the Sandlot reunions or anything. And he's this like, well, he got child me too pretty hard, right? Did he? I think he, he was like a fireman, and then there was something weird. He I think. had something happen recently. The domestic abuse, I th- yeah. think. Oh, no. Yeah. Well, that's part yeah. of the yeah, dog. Sorry, yeah. Yeah. He it's was at the it. most recent one they did, though. Like, the most recent. Um, it was this year. It's it, the uh, maybe the beginning yeah. of, of I don't baseball think he was there for 25, but he might have been there for 30. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. Well, there you go. Hold on. I want to say. Patrick Renner looks the exact same, by the way. Like. The only one I think that looks was not just domestic like... assault. It was felony assault. Oh, because he went up to someone who was trick Somebody or treating. Was like, Benny the Jet. He's like, I'm not Benny the Jet anymore. He's. They pinned him down because they said he was handing out drug lace candy. They put him in a chokehold, but then he wasn't on Halloween. Okay, but then he okay. wasn't. All right. well, we, we, we he wasn't handing out drug lace candy. <laughs> I mean, right. Maybe it was that person that was crazy <laughs> that thought he was handing out drug lace candy. Oh. Justice for Benny. Hashtag. All right. So there's my recommend. Pay for six months, Sandlot. but now he's back. The scene where they play baseball in the fireworks is incredible. 
So yeah. well done. Most so patriotic good. scene in all of movies, I feel like. Yeah. Yes. Fourth of July is the only time. Like I Fourth of July and like uh World Cup is when I get patriotic. That's it. Every other time I'm like, eh, I'm fine. Whatever. But Fourth of July, I'm in. Watch Sandlot with with Coop on uh Tuesday morning and love it. Love that movie. Good call. Very summary. Yes. The the uh Wendy Peppercorn scene still so good. So funny. So many summer moments. All right. What's your next recommend, Richard? Yeah, so I'm trying to, I'm, I'm, I'm audible and I have one here, but I don't know if it's summary. It's a podcast. I'm going to go ahead and go with it. Um, But, you know, if summary, you're on a road trip, you need a podcast. There's my spin. There we go. Okay. It's a narrative podcast. Like Are you guys familiar with Fat Leonard? No. Okay. Yeah. Fat Leonard is a narrative podcast from the guys oh, man, who wrote I the thought jo- you were going to give me a nice little... Some recommend here on a narrative podcast, but go ahead. <laughs> on, uh, I don't know if there's another narrative podcast out there worth promoting, but <laughs> I know I will. I got you. Yours is great. I apologize, <laughs> um, but I haven't finished it yet. It could have a bad turn. Yeah, it does. In. Yeah, the last episode. the fifth episode could be you. like the, knowing you, it'll turn you. <laughs> yeah, the Sandlot rules and uh, all that. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's called Fat Leonard's from the guys that wrote the Joe Low book. Um, Bradley Wright and uh, Tom something. Okay. And it's this guy, Malaysian gentleman, who uh, just like started hooking up all these admirals in the uh, South China Sea, U.S. admirals, with like drugs and hookers and stuff. And then basically got like $2 billion of um, naval contracts off of them. And then ended up kind of being the fall guy for it, even though he's just like a seaport dude, you know, it's kind of a shady business running seaports. And, uh, and then he came to America and, uh, was in jail, but then he had some health problems and I'm not, this is not spoiler. This is all like in the first episode. And then he, uh, so he gets out on house arrest and then he escapes to Venezuela and they catch him flying to Russia. Anyway, um, the cool thing about this is it's a narrative podcast about this guy. Fat Leonard was his name because he's a large gentleman. and uh, But he's in it. Like He was like, yeah, it's cool. I'll just hop on Zoom and uh, tell you guys everything that, <laughs> everything that happened. Nice. Okay. I'm interested. So <laughs> it's like half investigated and then he can't help because he's a con man, right? He's But he, he, wants to talk, he wants to promote his legend. So very interesting. So I, I've enjoyed it quite a bit. So that's my... If you're on a good road trip... It's also like kind of for, I would say, people of maybe disparate road trip stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, some people like music, some people, you know, some people like true crime podcasts, some people like sports podcasts, whatever. It's pretty good. I mean, adult only. I wouldn't play for kids, but like if you're on the road trip with the wife or husband, this is a good kind of neutral story to kill four hours. Sure. So nice. Nice. Fat winner. Like Love it. We need a Fat Albert narrative podcast, though. <laughs> now, he did get me too, right? Yes. <laughs> well, he got released. So, you know, I mean, prove it, you know. That's <laughs> kind of his bit, right? According to Felicia Rashad, maybe not, you know. Uh, Fair. <laughs> what you got, Brian? All right, so some, I'm going to recommend a TV show. Uh, that is so Summer for me is a lot of working from home. I have the kid. Lindsay, is, uh, summer's usually less uh, busy work for me. I don't have leagues or anything like that. So 
I'm uh, it's a lot of just like emailing and like just kind of planning for the year. So I end up working from home a lot and hang out with Coop. Uh, and I need background shows when I'm when I'm at home because uh, God forbid I have even three minutes of actual silence in my mm-hmm. in my ears. That's uh, immediate suicide. Yeah, yeah, I can't. I just immediately start thinking about really dark stuff. Uh, yeah. If, if there's like the any happening. silence, yeah, can't can't do it. Um, so post having to watch Ezra Miller be the Flash. I went and re- I started watching um, the Flash series. It's on Netflix. It was a CW show. I probably have watched the first two, mm, three, two and a half, maybe maybe three seasons when it was on, like when it was on the air. Um, I was so say, right I now I watched that for some reason. Yeah, so right now I'm still in the kind of the rewatch phase. I think I've just got towards the end of season two here, um, and it's a really. It's a quality background show. It's it's on a scale of one to bones, where would you rank it? <laughs> I knew when this was going to be my recommend that bones would end up coming up. Um, <laughs> look, it's the porny as nation. <laughs> it uh, it's good background viewing. Like they're each. I mean, it's a CW show, so you know exactly what you're getting. Everybody's beautiful. All of the plots are. Uh, not self-contained because they do big arcs through the course of the season, but they it, they do a lot of like monster of the week kind of stuff. And when we did that episode, uh, that can't mysteriously miss Shane mentioned it like in the, in the comics, I guess the Flash's whole bit basically is like, Hey, I screwed the, you told me not to do this. I, I did it anyway. I screwed it up. Uh, and now I need help fixing it. And, and then they go and fix it. And that's kind of what the show is. And there's like, uh, there's a pretty chill rhythm to that, that, is that I appreciate during the summer months when I just need something just above noise, you know, in the, in the background. Um, it's, it's fun. It's entertaining. There's not any, uh, there's not any real depth to it. You can leave the room for 10 minutes and still come back and be like, Oh yeah, I totally know what's going on here. It's not, uh, it's not, uh, you're not, it's, it's not the wire, you know, or something like that. <laughs> um, but if you, if you like superhero movies and have been disappointed by either the flash or even, you know, Ant-Man or some of the other, uh, superhero stuff that has come our way, um, over, over the course of this year, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of scratching that itch for me. And, uh, it's, it's a nice, nice little background show. I don't know if I'm going to finish it because it's like nine seasons. That's a lot of episodes of television and it's still like the old school. So I think there's like 20 plus episodes for most of these seasons. I may dip out at some point, but at the moment it's, uh, it's, it's meeting the, uh, it's meeting the need of a background show that's, that's pretty entertaining. So, uh, all nine seasons on, on Netflix currently. Have you watched any of Superman and Lois? Um, I watched a little bit. I like, I like Superman. I don't really Tyler Hawkins. Yeah. I like Tyler. I, I think that guy is really good. Like, I think he's too good for the show that for a CW show. Um, I think he could be. I think he could be somebody in the future. He's he's really good. Um, loved him, and everybody wants him. Um, I don't really love her very much, so I couldn't. I, it's the same with. Uh, I watched a little bit of Supergirl, and I had the same thing. I was like, I love Supergirl. Some of these supporting characters are kind of driving me crazy. I can't. She really she her character really grew on me. I was okay. the same way when I started it, but the more I watched, the more I nice. enjoyed it. I actually like the 
I like the Smallville stuff in Superman, and it's super lame. Sure. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I like the the small town feel of, of Superman sometimes, and mm-hmm. this kind of scratches that itch too. You know, the nice. kids so he's got kids in high school, and they're playing sports, and yeah, it's 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 got a little Friday Night Lights element to it. I like it. Okay, uh, sure. so yeah, I think I see that. it's got three seasons out right now. And uh, yeah, it's third season just wrapped up. So nice. Uh, yeah, that's a that's that's one of the best versions of Superman I've seen, at least yeah, in terms of just good. I he's can turn really it on good. every week, and it's going to be mm-hmm. a kill the bad guy of the week, and it's done. You know, sure. at a B level. That's all I yeah. care about. That's all I need. The, more, <laughs> you know, the further we get, from, yeah, the further we get from having uh, from act from doing sitcoms, I find myself more. I find myself gravitating more and more to this kind of show, especially within this context, because because it's just it's a very familiar rhythm, and that's like half of what I'm looking for in this. You know, right. when, I'm, when I'm talking about a background show or an end of the night show, or you know, whatever else. Like, oh, what did we watch? Lindsay and I watched something together recently, and I can't. Man, I can't even remember what. But it was like. We were we were binging Yellow Jackets, and I was just like, I can't do two, I can't do three episodes of this, like even two, like this is just so intense and heavy, and like, um, like even the score of Yellow Jackets is off putting and unintentionally and whatnot. It's like I just need a palate cleanser at the end of this. Um, I mean, I can't remember what, we were, but this that's the kind of thing that I end up wanting in 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 those contexts is just. All right, I've seen The Office four thousand times. I'm, I'm sure I'll watch it another four thousand times. But we're not really adding any sitcoms to the the list of of shows that I like am going to rewatch in the future, or that I care about, or that I you know had like a cultural moment with, or anything. And maybe that'll come back around. But it's not right now. And so this kind of show, Kent, is like kind of the thing that kind of fills that that gap for me at this point just just nice. because of the rhythm of it and the familiarity yeah these cw shows seem to seem to resonate and they seem to refuse to translate that to the big screen or risk that but sure i'm not sure well, they know what they're would, doing that, that, again what, i know they're two different I, divisions, i'm willing to bet but, you that a a movie version of the flash show would have done better than the flash I do too. It definitely would. I I understood the concept of what they were saying when it's like, hey, that's a TV show and this is a movie and this world would not have made a billion dollars. And I agree. It's just funny how, I know it's like two separate divisions within the company, but it's just really funny how the show side, the, the, the Flash, Arrow... Superman, Lois, Supergirl, all these, the, the Greg Berlanti shows and stuff, like they all really, yeah, they're cheesy and sometimes overly cheesy and, and, um, and, and simple and all this stuff, but they have real identity and they know what they are and they, they work within the box really well and do exactly what they are supposed to do pretty much every episode. It's like, I'm not sure there's any episode of the flash that is an A you know, but there's probably not an episode. Only I'm sure when you get into the last couple, of, you know, every show runs out of steam when it gets into season seven, eight, nine, or whatever. But like at least through the first four or five seasons, but every episode is like a B plus, you know, and and it knows what it's doing, and there's great identity there. And then I felt like that was always one of the major issues with 
the DC extended universe, especially under Snyder, and then the, the ramifications of that after later is just like y'all just don't know even what you're trying, what your identity is, or what you're trying to do. It's just very, it's very odd that both of those things exist essentially within the same universe. You know, at the same time, it's just it's yeah. weird. It's weird. Nine yeah. seasons of the Flash. They've been making it basically as long as this pod's been yeah. on the air. That's mind blowing. Yeah. Yeah. It's over it's now. So I have no idea if it ends well or not. Obviously, I think, like I said, I've seen. I think I've seen three three seasons, something like that, before this. But uh, anyway, yeah. It's it's if that's your if the Flash really bummed you out, like it bummed me out. Um, there's a there's a show that can kind of rectify some of that. So anyway, you recommend Kent? Yeah, I'll recommend a TV show that's starting its final season uh, in a week or two. How to with John Wilson, and it's HBO. Nice. Max or Max, whatever you want to call Max. it. It's uh, basically a guy that films around New York and then just kind of narrates over it and edits it together in a funny way. It's got stories. He interviews just incredibly interesting people and it's got a lot of heart to it. Super funny and like such an easy have on the background type show that you can tune into Brian for you know five minutes here and there and get mm. something out of it. It's uh, very funny and sad to see it come to an end, but I don't think you can keep this bit going on forever. But uh, no idea what John Wilson's going to do from here because this seems to be like his bit. His entire personality is kind of this show. So, uh, yeah, don't know... What if he'll have a another show, all uh, you know, Nathan for you, the rehearsal, kind of a sequel, build on that last show, do some, you know. I always say, if you've never seen Nathan for you, which I'll recommend that to you, fellas, that Nathan for you is kind of the Seinfeld and the rehearsals like the curb, right? <laughs> if you yeah. if you not into if you weren't into Seinfeld, you won't get curb as much. But if you were, you'll really get it. That's kind of how I feel about both of those. So, yeah, I don't know if his contract's up with HBO. They're not renewing it. If he decided to end this, I don't know. But it's only been three seasons, and it seems to be very, very cheap to produce. So Mm. uh, we shall see what he does from here. But, gosh, what a funny, funny show it is. And uh, last season premieres here at the end of July. So check that out for a summer recommend. Sideshow recommend. I've been watching Prehistoric Planet season two, fellas. Nice. Love it. Nice. I'm a big Planet Earth guy in general. Mm-hmm. Love the David mm-hmm. Attenborough, BBC, Nature Docs. So relaxing to unwind to. And yeah, you add dinosaurs to that. I'm in. <laughs> and it's like the best CG you've ever seen. With the dino, like it look, everything's basically, you know, photoreal. Um, it's pretty amazing. So, Prehistoric Planet. I think that one's on Apple, but I'm not sure. There you go. There's some summer recommends for everyone. We hope you're having a wonderful summer. Get out and see a movie. Go do the Barbie Oppenheimer double feature. By the way, we've got some merch for Barbie and Oppenheimer on our merch store. Yeah, we do. com. Click on store. And we've got a Oppenheimer I Hardly Know Her t-shirt for all the dads out there. And we have a Greta Gang, updated Greta Gang shirt Greta Gang. With, with Barbie movie on there. It's got, you know, Lady Bird logo. It's got our filmography on the back and Greta on the front. So rep Greta or Oppenheimer. Uh, 
coming up very soon. We'll be back to talk about both of those very soon as well. But until then, we'll see you at the cinema. Goodbye. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling tossed salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me ya ya. Your salad is scrambled eggs. They're calling again. 